Hello, I'm Mariette Snowman. Welcome to Calm, Clear and Helpful, a weekly podcast series on taking good care of yourself and others. Introducing you to wellness experts who sincerely wish to inform, assist and inspire. Today's topic is BWRT Level 3, Relief from Chronic Illnesses, Autoimmune Diseases and Chronic Pain. My guest is Doreen Hoffmeyer, Counseling Psychologist from Somerset West. Welcome, Doreen. Hello, Mariette, and thank you very much for the opportunity. I appreciate this. To our listeners, after our conversation, Doreen will give us her three best tips on mental, emotional, and physical health. And then it will be fun question time. Doreen, could you tell us a little about your work as a psychologist and what it means to you? Mariette, I am trained in brain working recursive therapy, level 1, 2, and 3, as well as a few other therapies. But I enjoy using brain working recursive therapy as it is effective. It works faster than talk therapies. I like the interactive part of it and the client's involvement gives them a sense of empowerment and agency. And that is very nice just to experience. Yes, and today we're going to hear much more about it. Perhaps you could start by telling us what BWRT is. Brainworking Recursive Therapy is designed by a genius, Terence Watts, from the UK. He was very curious on the workings of the brain and discovered that memories are stored as data in neural pathways in the subconscious part of the brain. If a person is exposed to a traumatic or intense experience and the subconscious regards this as threatening to the survival of the person, the fight-and-flight reaction will be instigated within a third of the second. It's just like that. This means adrenaline and cortisol are released and instant energy become available for the fight-or-flight reaction. This information is now stored in neural pathways as a safety measure for the future. If the subconscious brain recognizes any likewise threat in the future, it will again be instantly triggered to go into the fight and flight again. But what if this survival response is not useful or needed anymore? Here Terence Watts has found a way to change the initial response into a way that is more preferred and useful to the person. The initial response to a trigger that has brought on the fight and flight is now replaced by a preferred response. And this preferred response is not threatening to the safety of the person. The fight and flight response is then not activated and the person stays calm and in control. So we explain this usually in a very um, old story about explaining fight and flight. And that is the one of the caveman going out hunting and next thing the lion attacks him and then the fight and flight is instantly there where he can either fight the lion or run away. But in modern life, we say that there are no, no lions walking around threatening us. So why is this fight and flight response still so prevalent? And we are now going to investigate that. Before we go further, how did you get involved in BWRT? 
a very good and dear friend of mine went onto the brain working uh, recursive therapy level one course and was absolutely elated. We were seeing each other that same day, day and she made me sit and she told me with intensity, you must do this. So I enrolled in the next level one course presented by Rafik Lockhart. This is our South African trainer and co-developer of brain working recursive therapy and the rest is history. I just found the therapy that I enjoyed and I feel very comfortable to apply and it works, and the clients love it. That's good to hear. Doreen, how do you apply this in your practice? So in the intake interview, I will try and understand the problem and the need of the client, the presenting problem. I explain the brain working recursive therapy to the client and ask them if they want to try it. Part of the brain working recursive therapy is definitely education. So the client has to understand how the brain works. I often have a little picture on my phone showing the three brain triune model and explains, you know, where the reptilian brain sits, the mammalian brain and frontal lobes. And they need to understand that the reptilian brain is the very first brain in the evolution process. And the main role of that brain is safety and survival. The mammalian brain developed later in evolution and it brought emotional content to the brain. Then the frontal lobe is a thinking brain where logical reasoning and executive function takes place. So the client must first understand that and that that first little brain, the reptilian brain, in evolution was the very first one. So even in the first little worm in evolution had that reptilian brain. And it just manages safety, eating, breeding, and survival. So the therapist must come across knowledgeable and comfortable. When you explain this brain working, you must know your story and know what you want to get across. But also at the same time, not overwhelm the client, but be aware of the client's emotional and physical state. If the client feels safe and validated and respected, the client can start trusting and the therapy can begin. What are the advantages of BWRT? Um, you know, it's, it's really, really very valuable. Uh, when clients present their problems, they often sit with very emotional and bodily reactions, and they're almost like afraid, you know, to open up. And the one thing about that you tell them is that the reason that you are constantly in an ongoing discomfort and, you know, suffer from the effects of the problem is because this trauma has not been processed, which means there are continuously active triggers that trigger you into a fight and flight. And, for example, being continuously anxious, it means the trigger went off, suffer from low self-confidence, fear of public speaking, suffering from OCD or phobias, you know, all those things are just reinforced by these triggers and you feel the discomfort of it. Now, the one thing about the brain working is you have to tell the client that as soon as they present, you know, what is the worst part of that problem for them, then very soon as they share that, the whole experience 
goes into a freeze. It's a special technique that we use. And we also make sure that everything about this experience is frozen. So it freezes the emotions, the bodily reactions, the thinking, you know, everything that happened there, even mid-action, it's like a frozen um, photo in your mind. And now this brings calms because literally that person, you know, just relax right there in front of you. It brings calm and a rational state to the client and it makes possible for the client to come up with a preferred response to the trigger. So that's the first advantage of brain working is you are you are entering the problem and you share it. It's got its intensity, but then you freeze it. It's not like a thinking or a talking therapy where you just stay in the problem and just being re-traumatized all the time. The trauma is there and it's frozen. And that's a relief for the clients. And as soon as the freeze happens, the client can then start using their own ideas and solutions, which is very empowering. The therapist is only facilitating the process and don't plant any ideas. The clients feel empowered because they recognize that the solutions has always been within them. At the end, there's a retest where the client imagines the same threat, you know, which brought them there, and then just check their reaction to it. For example, they were very afraid confronting their boss or public speaking, then you imagine that same thing. Then I ask you, just check in with yourself, you know. How do you feel about it, think about it? How do your body react to that image? And many times they are amazed at the immediate change. And which me as a therapist can witness in their facial expression and in the different way they carry themselves. So that is an advantage, you know. It is just something that has a quick turnaround and um, a quick relief for the client. Thank you for that lucid explanation. Now, BWRT practitioners can be trained on three levels. Could you tell us more about level one and level two work? Yes. So what is amazing about brain working because of therapy, it's a relative new therapy and it's constantly evolving. As you can hear, level one and then level two and then many, many specialized um, protocols is developed and then also level three. Level one is a very versatile modality and it basically addressed most of the problems and could be considered as a short-term therapy. It can really be just a session or two or three sessions. Examples for applications are for anxiety, phobias, childhood traumas, bullying, fears for medical procedures like injections or operations, social anxiety, public speaking, PTSD, exam anxiety, self-esteem work, grief work, you know, level one works lovely with us. But level one has now also specialized approaches that works more deeper and it goes over a more long-term period. And uh, the specialized approaches is for depression, anxiety, and OCD. OCD is the newest development protocol, the long, more longer-term protocol, and it is just amazing. It works lovely. Then level two is focused on the identity of the client. If a problem has had an ongoing effect on the person's identity, then the level two longer-term therapy is recommended. The client will feel that their difficulty is part of who they are. 
it feels out of their control. It feels like the problem is within themselves. It's often hard to imagine not having the problem. And the client might feel that change would be difficult. You know, when we get to that point, suggesting level two, they say, I don't believe that I can change. I've been like this for 30 years. Problems that could affect the identity of a client might be about long-term depression, substance abuse, long-term unhappy and complicated relationships, addictions like alcohol, substance, gambling, pornography, or, for example, a submissive personality who longs for change, or long-term problems with aggression or anger outbursts. So the core belief of level two is that you cannot change behavior that is based on an old identity. And also that identity cannot be changed on a behavioral level. So you cannot change behavior like try and manage your anger outburst if the old identity is still in place. And on the other hand, you cannot change your identity with behavior. So the identity would not be changed if you just tell a person just to suppress your anger. That will not change the identity. So the level two is very much, you know, you have to change the identity to change the behavior. So over the time, the reptilian brain has become very used to the old identity and might even feel safe with it. And that is the reason why it's hard to change to a new identity. Because that is why people say, I can't see myself changing, because the reptilian brain will actually resist it. Any abrupt changes to an identity might be seen by the reptilian brain as a threat, and it might be resisted. We always have this question when we explain the workings of the reptilian brain. The reptilian brain will look at anything and say, are you still alive? Okay, let's do the same. And the same with the identity. You know, if it works for you, you're still alive, keep with it, don't change it. That is why the level two process works in a clever way with which the reptilian brain can gradually accept the new identity without feeling threatened by it. When the new identity settles in, then the wished for behavioral changes are possible. Then, so there's like a whole thread through all three levels of the brain working recursive therapy. And that's very much that your data is stored in neural pathways. If it's not working for you, you have the influence to change it, as in with problems like the anxiety I've mentioned and so on. And you can even change your identity also with changing neural pathways. And then Terence Watts has come across this wonderful research that you can actually also influence brain working for inflammation and autoimmune diseases and sexual dysfunction and sport improvement and also sleep therapy. And it goes by the same general rule that stuff are stored in neural pathways and the brain is just upkeeping those same, same neural pathways, but change is possible. We can use the brain to change things to a more preferred place. And brain working level three is also a long-term therapy, yes. So could you perhaps just repeat level three, some examples of conditions that would be addressed by level three? Okay, so level three 
can be applied to thyroid problems, either hypo or a hyperthyroid problem, autoimmune illnesses like diabetes, Hashimoto's, thyroiditis, an underactive immune system, adrenal fatigue, um, cholesterol problems, hypertension, vasovagal syncope, bradycardia, tachycardia, digestive illnesses, irritable bowel syndrome, chronic fatigue, and post-viral syndrome, and also fibromyalgia. That's quite an impressive list. Now, could you please explain what Level 3 entails? So, Level 3 uses the basics of brain-working recursive therapy that memories and experiences regarding the client's sickness are also stored as data in neural pathways in the subconscious mind. Now, you might think, what kind of data would now be stored? You know, so this information can be regarding the experience of the sickness. You know, how do you experience your fibromyalgia? The treatments you undergone? The medication that you took and how it's affecting you? And then the experiencing of symptoms and side effects and bodily experiences and pain. So the significant stuff in the neural pathways that is actually stored is things that is uncomfortable or traumatic or painful for you. So your experience of the sickness can be traumatic or painful or your medications can make you feel bad or the symptoms are hard or side effects or the bodily experience. So all that information is stored in neural pathways. Then... Also stored in neural pathways, it is the emotional effects of the sickness. So the sickness is not just a physical condition. It's got an emotional condition as well. And those emotional stuff is also stored as data in neural pathways. Imagine that you go to the doctor and here you get this diagnosis of the fibromyalgia, the prognosis that the doctor described. Now, the doctor being in an authoritative position, you look up to him, you believe him or her, you believe the outcome. But not only that causes emotional reactions, it is also all the fear-mongering articles that you read on Dr. Google. The deeper you go, you go the more upset you get. But what is also traumatizing is the wide-eyed opinions of family and friends. You know, my aunt had this and she and the continuing story that is very, very traumatic. The client may have come across a medical practitioner, maybe not with the best bedside manner, who used words like chronic, terminal, acute, Nokia, life-changing, might progress, needs management. And all of this stuff is also stored in neural pathways. Because it's part of the traumatic part of the sickness. All this stored information can be considered by a reptilian brain as a threat to survival. And it continuously triggers the fight and flight. Because for the reptilian brain, being sick, you know, that's a threat to your survival. During the fight and flight response, the body gives preference to parts of the body that's taking part in the fight and flight. For example, if you need to run or climb, 
the energy would go to that part of your body that's going to do the run and the climb or the jump. But interesting is that other parts of the body do not get the preference of energy and might even slow down. For example, the digestive system slowed down during the fight and flight, and the immune system can also be negatively affected. Now, if the digestive system slowed down and the immune system isn't effective, then it can eventually lead to sickness. Then, the chronic release of the adrenaline and the cortisol can change the immune system and the antibodies that fight off toxins and invaders. It can also have a negative influence on hormones that fine-tunes the processes in the body. All of the above can eventually cause inflammation or the autoimmune disease. So all this information is stored in the neural pathways. But there's another interesting thing that is stored in the neural pathways. With a short-term sickness, there is soon an improvement and healing takes place. For example, getting a cold. You know the symptoms, you know the inconvenience, you know the medication, you know how long it takes to get better. So the brain is not so threatened with getting another cold because you know how it works. But with a long-term sickness, especially one that is now called chronic terminal life-changing, the brain has no neural pathway of healing. And words like chronic and acute then holds a threat to the reptilian brain. So you are constantly threatened by being in this lifelong chronic situation. Now, during Level 3 work, Level 1 work is used to work on unprocessed trauma and removing all sorts of limiting beliefs. The reason for this is that as long as a survival response is triggered, it continuously affects the health negatively. So here you can just imagine, you can almost say, at the core, there is unprocessed trauma, which puts you in a fight and flight, and the excess of adrenaline and cortisol. And then on top of that, you also have the sickness that is now also traumatizing. So you have a double whammy here. Both of them is triggering the fight and flight response all the time. Now, the good news is that in level three, we can use the brain to manipulate processes in the physical body or trigger a process that's not working well. Level 3 can either work with a condition or the symptoms of the condition. And Level 3 is designed in such a way that it introduces the client to the physiology of the disease, the role of organs and hormones and immunity system and the network of nerves. The client needs an understanding of how the physiology is working when it is in good health and why it is currently not working well. So we use diagrams and body maps to explain the physiology, the roots, the process, how it should be when it is working well, and why it's not working well currently, and why you experience the sickness. Every symptom that is involved in the sickness are shown on body maps, including the organs. Sometimes in autoimmune sickness, it doesn't include an organ. 
for example, fibromyalgia, or chronic fatigue, it's not a specific organ, but also their nerves that connect to the part of the body, the lymph system, the immune system, and parts of the body that secrete the important hormones. So this is kind of a difficult part of the level three is that in order to really progress in it, the client has to understand. But we have a very patient process, as I say, with the body maps and the explanations and charts and pictures that you can really get immersed in how the body works with this particular problem. Then we also use colors on the maps. We have two maps. The one map represents the colors and the process that represent your current state, or we will call that the sixth state. And the second map will represent different colors, and that will represent the well state, the functioning and the healthy state. So you can almost see where this is going. The map with the colors of the state that's not working is the part, as in brain working, with the worst memory, we are going to freeze. And then the preferred memory will then be the healthy state. And you are also going to imagine then the color of all the systems involved, which represent the healthy state. The client must be able to imagine the required processes in the organs, the nerves, the immune system, the hormones, and also how all the systems are working effectively to bring about the best possible health outcome. Then the protocols are applied. There the client use imagination as in brain working. We activate the brain, the millions of neural pathways in the brain and also the millions of neural pathways that reach right into the body. And we activate the processes that needs to be activated. That's not working as well. Or maybe which is overworking and we have to like deactivate it a little bit. All of that in order to bring the best health outcome. Then there are two very important requirements for working with level three. The first one is a very strong belief. A belief that your body systems can be changed with conscious thought. You must believe that I can, you must trust it also, I can use my brain and it can have an effect on my body system. The second very important requirement is the strong intent. This means that the client must have a very good understanding and how the organs usually work in good health and the client must intentionally must be able to imagine what they want to happen and how and where. So if you go through these protocols, the client needs to think, I need to switch on this, I need to energize this, this energy has to reach this part of my body, my limb system is going to drain this excess fluids. This is absolutely fascinating and what I find so interesting is how specific the work is. So it must give clients a lot of clarity about what's happening with them, which I think is very helpful. Yes, Mariette, and the clarity is very, very important. There's nothing just vague about it, just vague imagination. It's very, very specific. It's like your mind goes right into your body and imagine what's happening there and what you want to 
have happening there. Doreen, are there any requirements for clients wanting to experience level three work? Yes, definitely. Very strict requirements. The client must be under treatment of a medical practitioner or specialist who has diagnosed this condition. You cannot apply the protocols of the fibromyalgia if you are not 100% sure that it is fibromyalgia because the brain is very powerful. You can maybe just change something and, you know, come to a different outcome. So the client must continue all medical treatments as well as continuing taking their medication. It's almost like the brain working level three is a on top kind of treatment, but basic treatment should not be ceased. The therapist must inform the medical practitioner of the administration of level three. And then another thing is that the client's expectations must be managed in that level three does not promise a cure. The understanding is that the therapy will help the client towards the best possible health outcome. This means a significant improvement of symptoms, handling the challenges of the sickness better, and the improvement of life quality. Then there's a second requirement, and that is that the client must undertake to complete the program and do the homework daily. That's very, very important, the homework daily. And also daily reinforce the strong belief that improvement is possible. What does a client need to understand before they can develop new neural pathways? The client needs to understand that the thinking brain cannot access the subconscious brain. And also that the subconscious brain does not do logic. You cannot talk down a panic attack. That is a very interesting thing because... The subconscious brain doesn't do logic. For example, someone is very afraid of a spider, very phobic about a spider. Maybe the first experience was very traumatic. It was a very big, ugly spider that maybe jumped on you. But now thereafter, you know, you carry that fear over to the tiniest little spider sitting in the corner of the house. Now you think that your thinking brain can tell the reptilian brain, but that is not a threat. You know, but as we say, the thinking brain doesn't have access to the subconscious brain. Once a panic attack has started, you cannot talk it down. You can't change that route. The other thing the client need to understand is that the subconscious mind works purely on data that is offered to it. In the client's imagination of a preferred outcome, they bring up these vivid images. We call them videos. This includes bringing on board the intellectual brain, the thinking brain. What are you thinking in the preferred image? Also the emotional brain. What are you feeling in the preferred image? And then also the body. How are your body reacting to the preferred image? All this vivid imagery is data to the brain. The subconscious brain cannot distinguish if the image is real or imagination. It is just accepted as data. If this data shows that the client is doing well, is calm and motivated, and they are handling the challenges, that for the subconscious brain is 
the truth. So if the data shows you're no longer afraid of the spider, then that is the truth. Oh, now I'm beginning to understand this very well. Doreen, what can clients expect from the therapeutic process? Some clients expect the talking therapy approach. And the therapist will allow the client to tell and relay their story. But then very soon it goes into a working therapy. There is a strong educational component to the therapy. And the client must understand the reason for each step and also the expected outcome. The client needs to be involved and cooperative, especially in the daily homework. They also need to feel safe with a therapist in order to have a trusting relationship and have a strong belief in their brain's ability to influence their health. With that in place, the client can expect change, relief and empowerment. Is the therapeutic process perhaps uncomfortable? In some cases, it is very traumatic for the client to go into their traumatic memory. They are often too afraid or will avoid it or offer a less traumatic memory. A trained therapist will soon notice the expected changes are not there. The therapist will then, with empathy and calming skills, assure the client that it is in their best interest to revisit the traumatic incident and that it will soon be completely frozen, which will also mean that the client's emotional and physical reactions are contained and they can with clarity work on how they would prefer to feel, think and behave. Yes, this we often see, you know, the clients will just say, I, I can't go there, really I can't. They start having anxiety, tears are like waterfalls, they can't go there. And then you just have to very calmly say, yes, go there, trust the process. Very soon, what you're feeling right now, that anxiety on your chest right now will be frozen. And then a few minutes later, it is completely frozen. We don't continue if the freezing part is not done very well. Which input do you need from a client, Doreen? All right, so clients often worry that they can't get it right and often they will tell you they don't have good imagination. You have to reassure the client that it is not a test you can fail. You know, you don't have to do it perfect. And we tell the clients, you know, we can interrupt the process. If you, you get stuck and it's not going well for you, we can just stop right there in the middle and restart again. And if we've done the whole protocol and we're not happy with it, we just do it over. We do it completely over. So this calms them. There's no like pressure on them. We also explained that sometimes we just did not get to the core neural pathway. Remember, it is the core neural pathway that we are freezing and where the preferred would be installed. So if we don't get to the core part, it simply is not going to work. An experienced therapist would have skills in questioning and to pick up on the cues as to what the actual core, core neural pathway of the problem is. And once that is identified, chances are good that the therapy will be effective and the client happy.
Which positive outcomes do you see in your practice when applying level three techniques? I like the discovery of the empowerment. For the first time now, the client understands what has caused their sickness and that it's in their brain's capacity to improve their life quality and gain best possible health. So that empowering is, is a very positive thing. More than often, a person with an autoimmune or inflammatory sickness could have been exposed to trauma, which is so unprocessed and continuously re-triggers them many times a day. So along with the level three work, we also address trauma with level one skills. With this work, the client discovers how their mind and bodies have been trapped in trauma and it brings a huge relief to address that. You know, the discovery of empowerment is the one thing and the realization that my trauma has actually been a reason why I got sick. So that is a huge discovery. When many of the trauma triggers have been deactivated, and this means less fight and flight, and a chronic release of adrenaline and cortisol, the client's emotional and physical well-being improves. Further along, as the client continues to do the homework and keep up with the positive belief in the therapy, the improvement in symptoms and lifestyle and attitude come on board. All of this is very motivating and empowering. How long does the treatment process usually last? Um, it depends. We usually have them to commit to 12 sessions. And the protocol itself is, if it's very simple and straightforward, will take about six sessions. But when it comes to doing level one work alongside the level three work, that can take up time. So, for example, if people really have huge traumatic issues or very unresolved grief work, we do address that. So that makes it's sometimes taking a bit longer. The other thing about the process is that the client cannot really evaluate the success of the therapy unless, you know, they complete the whole process. So we can't exactly know. I'll say between six and 12 sessions. Can you talk specifically about applying this process to chronic autoimmune diseases? Yes, autoimmune diseases can be the result of an immune system being out of whack. It could be genetics. Chronic inflammation is a huge thing. Prolonged stress and trauma. Also interesting problems with self-worthiness. If you never prioritize yourself, it also causes a fight and flight and it causes sickness. Then, of course, viruses and bacteria can also confuse the immune system, which then start to destroy healthy body cells. Prolonged stress and trauma could mean the body is in constant fight and flight and the nervous system is not restoring to a normal level. The brain is part of the body's immune system and we have the power to influence the brain and thus, we have the power to influence immunity and healing. We often call level three psychobiology 
because therapy links the brain, the body, and the mind, and physical change in the body can be brought about by actions and thoughts and focus on the body. Level 3 can accelerate or trigger a process that's not working well, and we can use the brain to manipulate processes in the physical body. We have to think of our body as a self-healing machine, and the brain is the most powerful part of the body. And we're going to use that. And Doreen, how does Level 3 work approach inflammatory diseases such as fibromyalgia? Yes, the client needs to understand a few things about fibromyalgia, such as which part of the brain is involved, which part of the body is affected, the nerves that is affected, the lymphatic system, the role of hormones and enzymes, and also the influence of the immune system in fibromyalgia. This information is simplified with diagrams indicating the roots of nerves and all the interlinkages with the lymphatic system. So the nerves and the lymphatic system and the place in the body where the discomfort and the pain is, those are the three things that we use in activating the protocols. Level 3 can initiate or accelerate processes involved in the fibromyalgia that have previously not functioned optimally as well as manage the symptoms, side effects, discomfort, or pain related to the condition. It is not suggested that these therapies can cure the medical condition, but it can help the client to deal as effectively as possible with the condition. An important requirement before going into Level 3 therapies is the client must have consulted and be diagnosed by a professional doctor and continue with the treatments and that this professional needs to be informed by what we're doing. Additionally, it's important that relevant issues need to be resolved with Level 1 work before fibromyalgia work can commence. It is a known fact that unprocessed trauma can be involved in the development of sickness. With Level 1 questionnaires, issues can be discovered and addressed, which will deactivate triggers that the fight and flight reaction. Level 3 not only bring relief or improvement to the condition, but can also help the client adopt a better mindset about the sickness and to have a better life quality and deal better with the ongoing challenges of this chronic condition. Can you say more about BWRT Level 3 and fibromyalgia? Yes, so fibromyalgia is about pain, lots of pain. Pain that robs your energy and life quality and movement. Pain and stiffness that spreads through the body in arms, legs, neck and back. Getting out of bed, dressing, preparing food, cleaning, taking a bath, getting up from sitting or lying position, going up and down stairs, getting in and out of your car, working at a desk, all these things that have been taken for granted, they all become a painful challenge. And feelings of discouragement and hopelessness has a negative effect on mood. So depression anxiety is very, very common with sufferers of fibromyalgia. The techniques of level 3 are used to activate neural pathways in the brain and body to bring about the best possible functionality between systems in order to bring the best possible state of health for the client. 
Thank you, Doreen. My last question, would you like to illustrate Level 3 work with a case study? Yes. Um, a lady who was in her 40s, single, and also um, you know, self-providing and self-sufficient and so forth. So has no alternative but has to work, has to get in a car, drive to work, do the work at a desk. But she was suffering from fibromyalgia for a number of years. And she came to the practice and I have um, applied the level three work with her. And she's worked through all of it, which has included lots of traumatic stuff from childhood and relationships and grief and kept up with the homework every day, the strong belief system, and every week continuously doing these protocols, imagining the energy, imagining the, the feeling better, the color that changes, and gradually little changes came about. And in the end, she could actually get out of bed, take a shower, make food, you know, get into a car, which previously was impossible, and then just getting around, walking up and down stairs, sit at a desk, which was a very painful and intense experience previous. She has less pain now and less stiffness and is happy to report a better life quality, a very positive and hopeful mindset. But the best of this is, it's not that the fibromyalgia is gone, it's still there, it's just managed better. And she can function. That is the main thing. She functions very well now. What I'd like to say about the level three, it is currently not a well-known fact that brain working recursive therapy can be applied to autoimmune disease and inflammatory diseases. So there are very less inquiries about level three work. But what I often find is that clients come into therapy to address their psychological difficulties, such as anxiety and depression. And as a holistic functioning is important, I will inquire about the health issues and treatments and discover a long journey with ongoing sickness, treatments, even operations, and eventually discovery of an autoimmune disease. So the medical model, it is hard to diagnose fibromyalgia. It's almost like they go through an eliminating process to see that it's definitely not that and that and that. And if they don't have any clear answers, they will say, okay, well, maybe it's fibromyalgia. So when they come to me, they already had blood and urine tests, colonoscopies, MRIs, ultrasound, barium, barium x-rays, stool tests, and sometimes even had operations. But as the presenting problem was not about addressing the disease, we commenced to work on the trauma, self-esteem issues, boundaries, assertiveness. And after a while, I will inquire about the autoimmune disease. And the client will report that the experience of the disease is less intense, more manageable, also with less discomfort or pain. This also acknowledges the reason why Level 3 uses Level 1 work on issues that can affect optimal health. So my experience is almost more in that I work with people with it, but addressing the presenting problems and just as a, like a side effect, the fibromyalgia or other autoimmune diseases 
improve. So it just shows that this other part of work, like working with underlying trauma, is a very important part of the brain working level three. Thank you, Doreen. Can you tell us where people can learn more about your work? Yes, they can go on my website. It is www.doreenh.com. And they can also go on the Podify Therapy Center website, which is www.podifytherapycenter.com. And on both of those websites, there's articles and blogs and information about Brain Working 1, 2, and 3. Right. I'll also attach the links to these websites to the podcast. Okay. And then... Just for those people who don't know, please explain that brain working recursive therapy can be done online. Yes, but I must just say that it is not all the brain working protocols that can be used online. I would say most of it, but I think level three, because it's very interactive, very much working with the maps and drawings and pictures and stuff, I would prefer doing it face to face. Yeah, and some of the therapies, yeah, some of them is really much better doing face-to-face, but on the whole, most of the protocols can be done online. Thank you. Could you now give us your three best tips on mental, emotional, and physical health? So I think our mental, emotional, and physical health, we can influence it. And we don't need to keep up the victim mentality. For emotional health, I would say, look at your boundaries in relationships. Are you respected? Do you have a voice? Are you validated? Do you feel worthy? Are you allowed to follow your dreams? Appreciate your own therapeutic self. Be available to others' needs. Just a smile or a hug or sincere interest. That aura carries over to the other. We call it co-regulation. You bring regulation to others, so you're soothing their nervous system, but you also receive regulation in the process, and that's a bonus. So for emotional health, I would say seek help. As you've now listened to the level three presentation, you can see that not giving any attention to your emotional problems can lead to sickness. So I'm saying seek help. Paid therapy is very useful but very expensive. But often NGOs often free therapy and counseling. Just Google it. And then I'll talk about the physical health. I will say physical health is also the saying of you are what you eat. So I would say key and nurture your body. If you don't, then you can't expect great health and longevity. About the mental health, take note of with what do you keep yourself busy? You know, apart from maybe doing your day job, the other time of day. Don't get trapped in habitual and mindless rituals. Never stop learning something new. Challenge yourself. Read. Readers are leaders. Use nature for nurturance. 
walk, hike, picnic. It is free therapy. Journal. Join a group. Or learn to meditate. All these things would put you in a better place. Thank you, Doreen. Are you ready for your fun question? Yes, I'm waiting for it. I once saw a picture of you wearing a jacket with a faux fur collar. <laughs> now we're going to the realm of the imagination. If you could be a furry animal, which animal would you like to be? A furry animal? Oh, um, shoe. I, I, I'm a little bit in doubt here. I would say I would go for a strong animal, but also an animal with, with very uh, strong, you know, motherly instincts and caring in instincts and protection instincts. Yeah, I will think something like a, a female lion, mm. you know, looking after cubs, protecting, but is also fierce and not afraid to stand back and would protect at all cost. But also when you watch the mother in action, they are completely loving with the, the whole tribe. And also I think that love and nurturance is also um, brought over to the cubs as well. That is where they learn love and attachment from their mom. So yes, I like the, the line with her. <laughs> around its neck <laughs> <laughs> thank you Doreen and thank you for the, taking the time to give us so many insights into not only BWRT but especially level 3 work I'm actually bowled over by, by everything you told us and I think it has the most it's the most wonderful encouraging thing to think that this is available to people suffering from various conditions. Thank you, Mariette, for the opportunity. I enjoyed sharing this with you. And I hope your podcast um, get traction and the word would get out that this help is available. We are already quite a few brain working level three practitioners in South Africa that is trained, but it's not as common. People do, you know, do level one and two. Because the level three training is, it takes very long, and you have to do a very long practical with it as well, a case study. So many people don't usually go into it. Thank you. And I'll also attach a link to the podcast notes telling people where they can go to find BWRT practitioners worldwide. Then a note to our listeners thank you for joining us. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you care about. I'd really appreciate it if you'd subscribe to Calm, Clear and Helpful and if you'd rate the show. Visit my website www.mariettsneeman.co.za for this episode's show notes and for free articles and podcast episodes on love relationships, parenting, life's challenges, and emotional health. To follow me on Facebook, just search for Mariette Sneeman, Journalist. Calm, Clear and Helpful is compiled, hosted, 
and edited by me, and the music is by Mart-Marie Sneijman. Catch you next Tuesday at 9.